It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, January 12, 2016. Less information about Washington's legal marijuana businesses would be available to the public under a new bill in the legislature. Senate Bill 6207, introduced by LaCenter Republican Ann Rivers and Linwood Democrat Marco Leas on Tuesday, would exempt financial, commercial operations, and security-related information from public disclosure requirements. Pot businesses must provide such information to obtain licenses from the State Liquor and Cannabis Board. Among the restricted information would be details of marijuana product ownership, locations, contact information, and shipments of product. The records could still be provided to state and federal law enforcement agencies. The Washington Cannabis Association, which represents licensed marijuana growers, processors, and retailers, is pushing for the legislation. It says the measure would protect the safety and privacy of those involved in the business. Pot shops are coming to more Seattle neighborhoods. The city council voted Monday to shrink the buffer zones that had separated legal marijuana businesses from places like parks and child care centers. When Washington voters approved recreational marijuana in 2012, the state law required a 1,000-foot buffer. Last year, as it worked to merge the recreational and medical marijuana systems, the legislature allowed cities to reduce buffer zones to as little as 100 feet, except around playgrounds and schools. On Monday, the city council unanimously set buffer zones for producers and processors at 250 feet. For retailers, the new buffer will be 250 feet downtown and 500 feet elsewhere in the city. No more than two pot businesses can be within 1,000 feet of each other. Supporters said loosening the buffer zones will help the state's legal marijuana system succeed by competing with the illicit market and make it more available to visitors. Just days into the license application process, the Oregon Liquor Control Commission has received 282 applications as of Monday morning from producers, processors, retailers, wholesalers, and even research facilities. About half are for applications from growers who will see their licenses processed soonest because they're at the top of the supply chain, says Mark Penninger, OLCC spokesman. Of the total applications received so far, at least 48 are in Multnomah County, 28 in Clackamas County, and 20 in Washington County. As early as this week, Pettinger says OLCC staff will start combing through the license applications and start to process them. The agency expects to receive at least 1,200 applications and issue about 850 licenses this year. OLCC's workshops for prospective applicants around the state in the past year attracted 4,000 people. On January 4th, the OLCC began accepting licenses online for new commercial recreational marijuana retailers. Oregon on Monday issued a list of more than 250 pesticides cannabis growers may be able to use on their crops. The list represents the first clear guidance from Oregon agriculture officials on what chemicals the state's marijuana industry may use to defeat mites, mold, mildew, and other common pests and problems. Top state agriculture officials made it clear that the list is a starting spot for marijuana growers who still have to follow pesticide labels. Lauren Henderson, assistant director of the agency, said regulators comb through more than 12,000 pesticides registered with the state to see which had labels broad enough to include cannabis. Ultimately, the agency came up with about 250 products. The list will be reviewed quarterly, said Henderson. No pesticides list marijuana on their labels, leaving it to states such as Oregon, Washington, and Colorado to craft their own policies. 
Proposed legislation at the city of Fairbanks would make the Higher Calling, a private cannabis club at 310 First Avenue, an illegal facility. If the ordinance is approved, the operator of Fairbanks, Alaska's first private pot club could face a misdemeanor charge and a civil fine of $1,000 per day. Councilman David Pruse, sponsor of Ordinance Number 6002, says he thinks the facility is illegal under state law, which prohibits using marijuana in public. Members pay $10 per day or $25 per month fee to consume marijuana at the Higher Calling, which has a state and city business license. Pruse said he supports state licensed consumption rooms attached to retail marijuana stores, which the State Marijuana Control Board has decided to allow when it begins issuing licenses later this year, but he thinks standalone pot clubs are outside the law. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, January 12, 2016. I'm Russ Belville.